When we're young, we move with freedom and confidence, with a great resilience to injury. But somewhere along the line, we develop poor habits and become more vulnerable to back pain. Back Pain Solutions features evidence-based and practical advice to help you take back control of your health and get back to the activities you love. This is your guide to better back health through movement. So join us as we demystify some of the commonly held beliefs about back pain and build your confidence to a stronger back the smart way. Good morning and welcome back to the Back Pain Solutions podcast with me, Ben James, and my good friend and co-host, as always, Jacob Stain. Morning, Jacob. Good morning, Benny. So today we thought we'd talk about patient expectations. We've alluded to this a few times, I guess, throughout different podcasts to date, but today we thought we'd talk specifically about patient expectations and you know what we see when patients come in to see us in in the clinic setting you know and what should patients be really thinking about when they turn up for treatment when they turn up for advice so Jacob I guess starting off have you got some a good example maybe of of where a patient expected to come in and just be treated and immediately better because I think we've all experienced those patients that come in They've had back pain for a period of time and they kind of have this assumption that they're going to see someone like a chiropractor or osteopath and crack, everything's going to be okay. Yes, I've seen that many times. So I think you're referring to that patient who thinks that he's going to take one pill and gets better. Sure. And chiropractic or osteopathy being the, the pill, the treatment, maybe the crack or the adjustment. And... Yeah, and I think uh, we see that all the time. We see pe- people who, who aren't really in touch. I think it's the patient who's not really in touch with what's going on, not understanding what what's uh, ailing them. And so, you know, they come to you and they want you to quickly figure out what's going on and just do whatever you can so that they can get better. Sure. So it's a specific attitude, actually. Do you find that, that it's a common theme or do you, and, and how do you approach it personally? Um, I'm interested to know because obviously we've always got to try and manage those expectations. We've got to educate those patients. But do you find that it's, it's a common theme with the patients that you see? It's definitely common. And I'd, in my practice it varies. Maybe one week I'll have, uh, I can't put a percentage on it, but I'll have more people coming in expecting that sort of treatment and some other weeks I'll have less people coming in who who, who has this sort of attitude but I, th- I think it's definitely like what you say it's definitely something you have to manage and it's sometimes even the biggest part of the actual the treatment plan is managing those expectations so that the the patient understands how we're going to go about this and how we're going to get them to get better and I think often if they have this sort of expectation that you're going to just treat them once and get them better and you know it's only it's your responsibility to get them better yes then then I think um you know then you have a big task on your hands sure because there's that kind of I guess feeling that well we're paying you to do the work um get me better but actually, it's got to be a collaborative approach, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I always try to make that clear straight off the start, especially if you start giving exercises, you make them understand, look, this is your responsibility. Was your responsibility to start with? And that's probably where it went wrong. 
exactly yeah and i think there's you know from a from a practitioner point of view you've almost got a i read somewhere once called the red velvet um policy i think it was called where you where you pick your clients so for example those people that come and see you that are just not prepared to do the work well you know you're not going to get better or you're not going to get this the results that probably you want and what as a practitioner you we feel that they could achieve and therefore they're just not the right patients clients for us yeah, I think it's also not very motivating for the the uh, practitioner when you have someone with that sort of attitude. And it's, you know, don't get me wrong, I, I, I try my best to stay positive and to stay motivated with all my patients. It's just from my perspective, understanding their capacity and their ability or what they're willing to do to get better. And that's what you've got to manage. And that's different between each patient of course the one's willing to do more than the other one or when you when you have somebody that's willing to do what you tell them and, and they understand okay you know i need to take responsibility then uh, it makes your job so much easier yeah absolutely yeah absolutely because you're not having to you're not having to kind of try and motivate them i guess as well as yeah. um support them and educate them in in terms of their back health you you're kind of and in many ways, that is the role. You're being a coach as much as you are anything yeah. else. Yeah. I think also quite a lot, quite often you'll have people who you know, have been to many other people to see if they can help them. And they've not been helped. And so they're willing to do what they, what they have to do. They just, you know, they've lost the motivation because nobody could help them so far. And they're the motivational aspect is is huge and you know if you if you have a personal story to share with them or you can really talk to them about you know the the ability to get better and and get them on board then i think that motivation plays a big role there hmm. well that's that's a little bit different to to the patient we're talking about that that believes you know that you know, they look at you with big eyes. Okay, what are you going to do to get me better? Yes, and so just to reiterate, you you feel that the the patients that have seen multiple practitioners and haven't got better, they're they're less motivated or they're more motivated. Uh, quite often, if they've seen quite a few therapists or practitioners already, then and they're not getting better, they they lose motivation. Hmm. Rather than being. I guess more open and more prepared to put the effort in because what's what they've tried before hasn't worked. Yes. I mean, there's two sides to it. Sometimes they, you know, they, they realize, okay, I need to do something about this. I didn't get better. I've been to three other people. I've been to an orthopedic specialist or to a, a neurologist. Um, I've heard chiropractic could help me. And so they, 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 must be motivated to a certain point because they've actually stood up you know taken that step to to come and see another profession or try another profession and see if they can help them but it's you know but saying that it's different when somebody's been to three four five people than when they come to you first off because when they come to you first off you know they have their 
often much more open to what you're going to tell them to do. And if they have a chronic problem, you may need you, you may need a, a few months to get them better. And so then it's more difficult to get them on board for that time period than it would be if they come to you straight off. Yeah, sure. And I guess a, a lot of it as well is, is like with any um, kind of interaction is, is the questioning and the, I suppose, not challenging the patient, but, but, you know, asking them outright, you know, what are your expectations? How long do you feel that this will take to get better? Because I think there's a, it's important, again, back to that collaboration that we're on the same page as the patient's um, with respect to their prognosis and their outcome uh, and you know if you know that from the off at least you know what you're working with I guess and and from a patient point of view you know it's it's thinking about how long you've had that problem and you know why it should get better so quickly or not yeah I think that's and that's what I try to do as well with my with my in my practice I try to be very open and very clear about what it, what time the time the prognosis the time period that's going to take the um you know that what we're going to have to do to get you better and i've had not many but i've had a couple of times where people said you know well sorry i'm not willing to do this hmm. but but i feel good about that because they they know what my plan is they know what my what i anticipate in terms of the time period it will take to get better and, and, and at least they're being honest. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I wish them the best. Maybe somebody else could do something differently. There are more than one road to Rome that will get them better, you know, in a different way. And I've, I've seen that. So, you know, but, that you know, I, I'm honest about the way I work and the way I attempt it. And it's then their, their choice. Have you seen many patients that have um, said they won't? do the work and they're not prepared to do the work and then further down the line they've come back and said yeah I've not got better elsewhere and therefore you know I've reflected on what you've said and it kind of makes sense so now I'm open to to listening yes I've de I've definitely had a couple and um you know and, and or yeah they haven't necessarily been somewhere else they've just not done what I said and came back and said okay look I want to I want to take this serious because I'm not getting better so can you show me again what we need to do sure and do you find do you find when the the, the patients because a lot of the times you know i find that some of the people that are involved in in sport and uh, go to the gym regularly they're the guys that are quite happy to do the exercise but sometimes they're not the best patients because they'll try and do too much or they you know they'll try and do it too regularly whereas those patients that maybe haven't done the exercise or being involved in sport and are motivated to do it they kind of stay to that strict um plan that you've provided them yeah yeah totally i think what i've noticed is it's more it's, it's more about the discipline so if they they don't necessarily have to be doing sport they just have to have the discipline those who have more discipline will do their home exercises five six seven times a week and maybe not even go to the gym with, because they haven't been going to the gym and so it's, it will be a very focused approach what I suggest because as you know Ben some problems you know pe people think 
the more I move, the more I do, I, you know, I do need to do, I'll do Jacob's exercises and I'll do some stretching because I, and I remember that these stretching exercises from the physio, I'll do them as well. And I'll, I'll go cycling on my race bike three times a week. And I won't do too much of it because I know if I do an hour and a half, it's going to get my back. And so, yeah, those, you know, you, sometimes you need to dial it down. Sometimes you need to dial it up. Yeah, sure. And I think that's a good message for people listening is is with respect to the, the varying activities you're doing throughout the the day, certainly in the initial phases of recovery, if it's an acute problem or, you know, even a, a chronic problem where you're, you're seeking advice, the, the, the more activities and things you're trying to do throughout the day, the, the less likely it is you're able to establish exactly, you know, what those causative factors, movements, triggers are. Uh, and therefore, you know, you've got to you've got to take some consideration for that because you really need to be, again, back to the collaboration, you really need to be trying to identify throughout the day what those things are that are, that are causing you pain, discomfort um, with respect to your back, back health. So try and, I suppose, rein it in and just be more conscious of those things that you do. And we've said that before, but like you say, focus on a few core exercises that you've been um advised to do do them well and then see what the reaction is after that rather than trying to say okay now i'm i'm given the green light as it were to do some exercise so therefore i can do any exercise which is clearly not true as we've discussed before yeah that's it that that focused approach makes a huge difference because then you can also you you you, you work with isolation when you look at these exercises and then you can really tell, okay, what is it doing? Yeah. What's the reaction to it? Exactly. And that's how you can dial it in more and fine tune it and work out exactly what's needed. And I'll use an example. I have this, um, this personal training client at the moment and I really respect him for what he's doing because he came to me with his shoulder and his low back and we got it better and he said Jacob I want to do CrossFit I said okay good I'd like to do this thing that you do you know preparing somebody for CrossFit with a few personal training sessions Mm -hmm. and so I see him now once in four weeks and I you know so I'm guiding him with the exercises he's doing much better has no more pain shoulders doing well and he's really he's really eager to do all the crossfit moves and you know get out there and smash the place but he he knows that he's very he's, he's over enthusiastic and so i'll give him his exercises for the next four weeks and he'll do those and those are specifically to work on his weaknesses and he's like but can i do this or can i do that and i'm like you know what no let's stick with these exercises prepare your body for the next step and we're going to get there you know and he understands very well that that over enthusiasm has gotten him into trouble in the past so yeah so again yeah. it's those, those past experiences clearly have uh, have an influence but i think the important the important message is to i guess take the advice from the clinician because people uh, it's a simple message but it's not always adhered to and the reality is, you know, if you're paying for, for treatment, I always say if you're paying for treatment, uh, 
then take the advice that you're being given and let's see if it, you know this this plan works for you because otherwise you know I saw a, a, a patient once with a shoulder issue uh, advised him uh, and he enjoyed the gym he enjoyed going to the, to the gym and exercised he was in pretty good shape but he had this shoulder issue and we discussed what activities he should avoid and what activities exercises he should be considering to try and manage the problem and then a day or so later it just so happened that I was in the same gym as him and he was doing all the exercises I said he shouldn't do so <laughs> I I kind of looked at him and I said uh, you know I'm watching you and he kind of sheepishly acknowledged that yeah he was he was doing exercises we'd advised that he shouldn't and when he came back to see me I said look you know, you're paying me for this treatment. I'm advising you not to do those exercises and these are the reasons why again. So it's up to you, you know. But don't don't kind of kid yourself, you know, that that you're that you're paying for treatment and this is the other thing, you're paying for treatment and you feel psychologically like you're taking action and you're trying to manage the problem, then you're not taking the advice, it's not getting better, and then you're frustrated that it's not getting better. But the reality is you know deep down that you're contributing to the problem. And and this is what you know we say in the past in terms of those pain triggers, in terms of those things that have caused the problem in the first place. The likelihood is, for most people, it's not a traumatic event. It's the activities and the habits and the, the daily lives we lead that cause the problem. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. you are a cause of your own problem in many cases. Yeah, and I think in, in most, exactly what you're saying, in most cases... The biggest part of the responsibility is owned up by yourself in terms of being aware of what you do, what you shouldn't do. And, uh, you know, and, and that's even before you see the, the clinician. Sure. And I think, that, you know, this isn't to kind of um, put it back on the patient and not and not to say, you know, it's all your fault. But it's again, it's back to that collaboration. It's understanding that. The things that you do every day as a patient will absolutely influence your risk in the first place, but also your reaction and your prognosis moving forward, moving out of pain. And so it's working together to identify what those triggers are so that we can help uh, modify that treatment plan and, and continually evolve that treatment plan and that rehabilitation plan. But absolutely be aware of those things that you're doing every day because when it comes to expectations, again, if you're if you're going in and want to get better, but then you're going back and doing things the following day that are going to aggravate the problem, then it's just going to be a vicious cycle and you're going to get frustrated and think that there's no way out. But there is always a way out, as we've said before. Exactly. And there's always a way out. And, and uh, you know, just sometimes you have to take extreme measures. Yes. You, you know, and that's, that's difficult for certain patients. Maybe they have, um, you know, serious commitments. They have a family and they have to take care of them. They can't stop work or they're self-employed. So there's, you know, there's no pay if they don't work. And then the extreme measure of, okay, you have, you know, you have to, you have to do less or you have to, you have to do certain things during the day to, to allow your healing to take place but it's just not possible where they're working if they you know there are many examples 
Yeah. And I, and I wanted to say sometimes it's a matter of removing certain things, certain, like you said, certain triggers, becoming aware of them and then removing them. And other times it's a matter of building up the resilience, building up the, the tolerance so you can actually cope with those triggers. Yes. Yes. And, and, and that's where the clinician comes in and, and makes a huge difference if they are uh, equipped, if they have the, 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 the ability to help you with that and to fine tune that, okay, where do we dial it down in terms of pain triggers and where do we prepare you to cope better with, with certain things you have to do? Yeah, absolutely. I think that you make a, a, a great point there in terms of just kind of I don't want to. I don't want to use the term "working into the pain," but it's 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 getting that fine balance in terms of movements and activities that that may cause some slight discomfort, but actually the the the, the outcome is going to be beneficial. But it's again getting that balance in terms of the frequency and intensity duration of that exercise that is right for you as a patient, and that's where again the collaboration and the feedback is is so so important. Uh, but I think you know, the take-home message really is that it is a collaboration. You shouldn't be going in to see a practitioner and expecting to walk out uh, without any discomfort and not have to do anything yourself. And again, if you're not getting that interaction with your clinician, then you should really question um, the plan for your uh, problem for your back pain because ultimately those things that you're doing are gonna gonna have a huge uh, huge impact every single day yeah no i i totally agree there and <laughs> yeah i i i just wanted to add to that uh patient patient client expectations um i think that quite often maybe you'll agree with me ben I think patients want to be understood. And yes. That's where I've had the experience, some people coming to me, you know, and I can see that either they, they will say that they haven't been taken seriously, you know, by, 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 you know, by having a poor investigation of their problem. Mm -hmm. And so they don't feel understood and clearly not uh, having the feeling that they clearly haven't, been investigated properly and so their pain or their problem hasn't been shown to them yeah there's a lack of empathy there a lot of times you know there's a there's a yes you know yes. and again depending on who you see that that you know there's there's often negative thoughts around or you know in the media about back pain and people trying to get off work and these kind of things and um i think empathy is a big thing you know you've you've got to be um you, you you want to be believed, you want to be understood, and and you want someone to be able to relate to that discomfort because, like we said before, it for for many people, you know, this is a big big fear. It's a it's a fear that they can't get better. It's a fear that it impacts their lives and their work and their ability to earn money yeah. and support their family and all these different emotional factors that that come with, you know, experiencing significant yeah. back yeah. pain. Um, and again, that's back to you know, the expectations that you you should definitely have from your clinician is you get that empathy and you get that understanding um, of 
the the impact that this has on your on your life so that you can work together to to come up with with the plan that's going to get you get you to where yeah. you want to be and i think for a lot of guys it's also sometimes a matter of pride and i think that's why i see more women generally i think a lot of people would agree with me than uh, than guys and so you know a lady a woman's more likely to come and see you for a minor problem which they want to get fixed than than a than a guy would come for a minor problem men would usually well more often come for a, a more serious problem you know like kind of a debil- debilitating problem yeah okay so it's, yeah they they've they've left it a lot longer before they've yeah. admitted i need some help yeah so there you have it guys swallow the pride get help early take action and as always get over to the smartstrong website www.smartstrong.co.uk there's a lot of advice there there's a free book for you to download with a lot of advice and links to videos and as always help support us get over to itunes and give us a rating it all helps to spread the word thanks very much 